This Noble podcast is powered by Cooper Parry, the rebels of accountancy. From audit, tax and R&D, to wealth management, corporate finance and tech and high growth, we smash the humdrum to smithereens. Our purpose is to simply disrupt, lead and make life count. And along the way, we help like-minded entrepreneurial businesses to thrive across the UK. Now let's get back to the infotainment. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to a Noble podcast powered by Cooper Parry. I'm Lizzie, I'm Cooper Parry's data scientist, and today we are talking all things R&D packaging industry. I'm going to be joined today by Edgy from the R&D team. I'm going to let her do her own introduction. Over to you. Hi Lizzie, yes, good to be back and thank you for having me back. Um, so I'm Edgy Axa, I'm a director in the R&D team here at Cooper Parry, um, here to talk to you a little bit more today, so thank you. Thanks for coming back, it's very exciting today, we are talking about the packaging industry. Um, it's a massive sector, it's made up of £11 billion worth of annual sales, it's got 85,000 people working in this industry in the UK, which makes up 3% of the manufacturing workforce in the UK. So therefore, massive industry, we should be talking about it. At CP, we know there are some challenges within this area. So Edgy's joining me today to hopefully talk about those challenges, get to the bottom of them. So we'll crack right into it. There's stats for today. We're going off them and we're gonna basically work it out. So, Edgy, please can you expand on what the major challenges of this industry are facing right now? Yeah, of course. So it's no secret that um, the packaging industry has been under a lot of scrutiny in recent years, you know, with the ongoing environmental push uh, for sustainability, more green products, reducing carbon footprint, um, and, you know, with the aims of sort of uh, heading towards zero carbon by 2050, you know, companies are within the packaging industry are under a lot of pressure to be smarter, greener, better for the environment. I guess the biggest challenge for them uh, that's sort of coming up on the horizon is actually the new plastics packaging tax, um, which is expected to come into effect from April 2022, um, whereby um, anybody that manufactures pl plastic packaging imports plastic packaging, uses plastic packaging within uh, obviously their products, um, they will be subject to a tax um, if they don't get approximately 30% recycled content into that plastic oh, okay. packaging. Um, so that's, that's quite a big deal. Yeah. Um, we don't yet have clarity on what that tax is going to look like, how it's going to work in reality um, and how far up the supply chain it will go, but it will have a massive impact in terms of the taxes that companies will have to pay if they don't sort of make the effort to, to, to meet those sort of targets. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's essentially going to happen is you know, companies should be working on this now, a solution. April 2022 is not really that far to, that far in, in the future. Um, and so they're gonna have to be looking at alternatives um, in terms of the packaging that they're using and the raw materials that are being used. They'll have to look at sourcing these materials. 
they'll have to look at how they introduce them into the plastic packaging, they'll have to look at how they're manufactured, they'll have to look at what impact that has in the products that it's ultimately going to hold, what impact that then has on its customers will be, well, does my product perform the same in this packaging? Is my shelf life preserved? So it doesn't just impact the packaging industry as such, but it's all the customers and the consumers of these packaging products that will be impacted by it as well, because the users of these products will also be putting pressure on the packaging companies in order to innovate uh, and change their packaging formulas so that they they meet this 30% criteria. Um, so this this is a big big challenge. So as um as an ex packaging technologist myself, um, you may not know this, but prior to working at Cooper Parry, uh, I was at in the Big Four. But prior to sort of joining the consultancy world, as it were, I worked at Procter and Gamble, um, who you know from products such as Fairy, uh, Aussie hair care products, Clairol, all that kind of stuff. Um, I used to work as a packaging technologist, so I know the challenges that some of these companies will be facing in sourcing the alternative raw materials, because just changing the formula by 5% can have a massive impact on the product performance, how you manufacture it, its compatibility with the products that it ultimately holds as well. Um, so that that's a huge thing, it's a big change it's a big ask for companies um, and it will be a big undertaking in order to introduce this 30% of recycling content in order to avoid having to pay these taxes associated with those products. Um, I guess a second area of challenge that we are seeing with companies is that sourcing raw materials has become a bit of an issue recently. Um, in that suppliers of their normal raw materials are no longer able to keep up with the demand or they're not able to produce for whatever reason and so they're having to go down the route of sourcing alternate materials because they need to protect their own supply chain ultimately Um, and so again introducing raw materials from a different source can have a huge impact because while it theoretically does what it says on the tin, in reality, we know as packaging technologists, a source of material from two different locations can have a huge impact on the actual performance. Um, and I guess the other sort of packaging challenge that we see in the, in the market is actually um, companies are always seeking to reduce the volume of their packaging, reduce the materials that they use, because that then has an impact on how much or how many products that they can put in lorry at any one time, and therefore has an impact on their carbon footprint. So the more products you can get in a lorry, the less number of lorries you need (laughs) to be able to ultimately get products to the consumer. So these all add up um, in, in terms of more environmentally friendly solutions, lower carbon footprint, uh, and and being ultimately being able to protect the supply chain to ensure that products are getting to the consumers. 
No, I think there's some really good points there you've mentioned, especially the fact that these challenges aren't just small things and it doesn't just affect one area. These challenges actually can spread across from supplier to distribution and it does affect different sort of consumers, et cetera, et cetera. And like you said, you have worked in this sector. You've worked for a company that does that and you understand it. So you've got the knowledge, you've got the experience. And I think that's why it's good to have you here today to sort of speak us through them and get to the point of what can a business actually do to minimise the impact of these challenges? Because they're massive. It's, it's something they need to think about. So how is there a way to minimise the impact? Because like you said, it's, it might only be a 5% change to a formula, but does that mean they can't minimise the impact of that? Is there, is there things companies can be doing? The, the answer is really quite simple. The companies will have to innovate. They will have to change their products. They will have to go through this uh, phase or transition in order to get to a better place. Yeah. Um, not just from a packaging, from a plastic packaging mm-hmm. tax point of view, but also the environment, uh, sustainability, uh, net zero carbon uh, footprint, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they have to innovate. They have. They will have to spend money to do it. Yeah. They will have to put resource, time, effort, blood, sweat, tears into doing it. Um, and and there's, there's there's no way of getting around it other than to to make a fundamental change in the way that they they do business, basically. Okay. So off the back of that, they're going to have to do something, mm-hmm. which means in my head that's going to cost money. Yes. So is there anything that these companies can do to ensure that they're getting the full breadth of that qualifying activity and expenditure that they're going to have to put into these changes to get past these challenges? Yeah. So it's no secret I now work in R&D <laughs> yeah. incentives, right? Um, and so naturally I'm going to say companies need to be making the most of the incentives that are available to yeah. them out there. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to be spending this money so why not also then spend a little bit more time and effort in making the most of these incentives in order to make sure that they get money back Mm -hmm. and therefore spend that money on doing further R&D and so it helps fund their R&D it's it's free money at the end of the day Mm -hmm. it was always introduced to encourage companies to do more R&D by giving them this incentive to do research and development in the UK Um, and more importantly they need to make sure that they have the right advisor with the right experience with the right industry experience to help them along that journey Mm -hmm. because it's it's about capturing all those non-obvious areas of R&D it's not just the core engineering team or the new product development team but it's much bigger than that. It's, yeah. It goes into the manufacturing. It goes the whole throughout this whole supply chain. So if you're producing anything, changing anything, making anything, you need to look at everything from concept through to delivery on shelf and how that supply chain works. Because R&D within the manufacturing sector, not just packaging, manufacturing mm-hmm. as a whole, can exist throughout that total supply chain. Yeah. Um, and unless you have somebody that really appreciates what happens in the industry and how things work in reality, you're not going to get you're not going to get the full breadth of activities and therefore the benefit that you'll be entitled to receive. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. I do think where you've got a lot of experience in that, so you can understand 
all the different impacts it's going to have. But if you spoke to someone who doesn't really care, it's all just they don't care or they just don't know they don't they don't really appreciate the challenges because you you know somebody could say oh you know what i've got i'll go a bit geeky on you now so (laughs) if you've got polyethylene from one supplier you've Mm -hmm. been using them for years and it's a certain grade quality what whatever that may be and then you're now getting polyethylene from a different supplier in theory you should be able to swap one in and swap the other one out yeah so swap the old one out and swap one in right doesn't work like that it really very rarely works like that mm-hmm. um, because that manufacturer of that more material they'll have their own processes systems and they'll have those two material sources will have different properties yeah and so therefore you're having to go through that cycle of trying to understand what impact that change will have yeah. on your product um, and if it works the first time great <laughs> reality of it is unrealistic yeah. <laughs> to work the first time uh, but you know you you there is that unknown it's all about that unknown so if you change anything absolutely anything within the business whether it's new whether it's making it better faster cheaper lighter whether you're trying to produce something that exists but using different ways and materials changing anything you need to be thinking about does this qualify for R&D? And therefore, can I get R&D incentives against that activity? Okay, no, I think that's, um, you've touched on some really important points there about um, what the challenges are and anything anybody can be doing. And you could be listening to this podcast right now and thinking, well, how does this really apply to me? I'm already making the most of R&D claims, or at least, you know, I'm being told I'm being I'm making the most of the R&D claims and that's and if you are already claiming then that's great Um, but are you really sure that you're claiming the maximum benefit that you're entitled to and will it actually hurt if you've got a second opinion as to how you're claiming what you're claiming and therefore are there other areas that are there other areas that you should be considering in terms of your your business I still to this day see so many companies that think that they have it in hand. They may have got advisors in the past or they have people that have done R&D claims in the past um, and and they know what they're doing and they're capturing absolutely everything that they can. The reality is that they're not. Um, And and what we always see is actually within the manufacturing industry, a lot of companies still focus on that core R&D team, as, as I mentioned. Um, and what they forget about is, for instance, the R&D that can happen beyond that new product development team. It can be the whole manufacturing process. So if you're not doing it, do it, get some advice, talk to a specialist advisor that can help you, not a generalist advisor. And if you are doing it, great, but make sure you ask all those right questions from whoever is helping you make those R&D claims and if you're still not convinced that you're claiming everything then come and talk to us and we'll be free to have that no obligation discussion with you to see if there's more potential for you. So in 30 seconds can you sum up the biggest challenges and what people need to be thinking about? Yeah Um, probably less than 30 seconds. (laughs) Change is happening, it has to happen, Uh, you can't avoid it so if you're changing anything 
make sure you're getting the benefit from R&D incentives for making that change. It's, it's that simple. Mic drop on that. Boom. <laughs> Less than 30 seconds. So thank you, Eddie, for joining me today. It's been wonderful having you back. Um, and if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, please go back and have a listen. It is where we discussed all things R&D, challenges that companies do face when claim, making claims for R&D. So head back there, go take a listen of that as well. And thank you again, actually, for coming here today and speaking to me. No, thanks, Lizzie. It's, as I said, it's been great to be asked to come back uh, and I've really enjoyed it. So thank you.